1: The cult brand series rolls on, sure boys and does. girls. It sure does. Douglas Atkin is back. He's back. <laughs> I'm giddy like a schoolgirl right now. I'm telling you, total Douglas withdrawal right now. We we yeah. had the whole holidays without Douglas. I'm feeling a little uh, excited about that. Very sweet, I
2: guys too.
0: <laughs> If you don't
1: know who Douglas is,
0: first off, you need to stop right now. Go back to the first of the cult brand series. And, and get yourself educated. But uh, Douglas Atkin, he actually wrote the book. I have it right here in my hand. Yeah, the culting of brands. Wrote the book. Turn your customers into true believers. He was the global head of community at Airbnb. Held a position as partner and chief community officer at Meetup.com. And literally, always one of the smartest people in the room once again I'm I'm a
2: fanboy that's all you got to oh say man <laughs> yeah. it's it's
1: so- bitty company Airbnb most people have probably heard of it
2: well, it was when I joined. I mean, it was. There was only 150 or so people in head office when I joined in San Francisco. That was that's the kind of exciting, weird, and crazy thing about the whole journey. Yeah, you were there for the whole
1: ride, and what I think is great is you've uh, introspectively written a series of posts on Medium.com that we talk about uh, here on the on the podcast. And we're now at, at, I guess, post number five, uh, which is your longest post. So, you have a lot to say about this topic. Yeah, uh, yeah. The title of, You Need Core Values, They're the How of Achieving Your Why. Yeah. So, what was the inspiration on this one?
2: I, this is a longer one because uh, it's actually full of, full of some very practical advice about uh, why you need core values and then how to get them and how to make sure that they're core. I found out since... We did this whole exercise at Airbnb that very, people are very, very interested in this. So I decided to sort of lay it down. It, it only takes like 18 or so minutes to read the article, but it, there's examples, pictures of what we did and, and so forth. So anyway, yes, yeah, so this is um, core values are taken extremely, extremely um, seriously at Airbnb. And in fact, when you're interviewed for a job there, you may get like sort of six or eight interviews like you normally do anywhere else to assess your skill on the job, whether you're a good you know, uh-huh. uh, engineer or a good marketing person, all those kinds of things. But then mm-hmm. you're given two culture interviews, two core values interviews by people who have nothing to do with your discipline. And uh, they have uh, veto power. So you may be the best software engineer in Silicon Valley or New York or Shanghai or wherever it is. But if you don't pass the core values or culture interviews, you are not hired. It doesn't matter how good you are. That's how importantly Airbnb treats core values. And the the kind of critical idea here is that is a couple of things. One is that you're being interviewed to see whether your own personal core values, the values that make you tick as an individual, that sort of drive who you are, are aligned with those core values that we all share at Airbnb. If you, if they are aligned, then you're accepted in and um, you're a part of that larger family. If they're not aligned, then it would be better for you and for Airbnb if you find a place where you find a, you know, you find a company or wherever you're going to work that um, has similar values to your own. Right. Were were these interviews typically regimented with
1: the questions that were asked, or were they more of sort of a small talk situation and getting to know each other?
2: Neither. I mean, it, it's they, <laughs> they were very. There is a sort of dis, um, an interview guide, and the interviewer has a form basically that they have to fill in. But what they're trying to find is evidence from your personal life um, of what your core values are as uh-huh. an individual, and see whether they align with those at Airbnb. And so, there's like for every core value. There is a, a space on the form that the interviewer must fill in to say that there is evidence that, that you share that value and they'll write down what it was. And so the way the interviews are conducted, are it doesn't feel regimented like they're ticking boxes. It, it will feel more like a sort of conversation, fun conversation, mm-hmm. but also have earnest parts because you should be talking about what makes you tick what your values are.
0: Real quick, Douglas, we've talked to individuals about culture and how, you know, culture is is big when it comes to actual actually hiring. And we've heard some companies say, yeah, but that can also lead to bias because you can just say, well, that, that person didn't fit our culture and because they, they didn't feel right. You know what I mean? And, and that feeling to an extent can really be embedded
2: bias. It could be. So that's why it's not just based on a feeling. That's why the uh, there are now 500 culture or core value interviewers at Airbnb, and there's about 5,000 people. Wow. In oh. So 10%? 10, 10% of the people. Yeah. Right. And you have to apply to be a core values interviewer, and you yourself are interviewed, and you're sort of record and and reviews and everything are consulted to see whether you truly do understand Airbnb's values, that you do share them yourself. In other words, you you have to be a sort of an exemplar of them. Then you have a training session that trains you how to do the interviews. And then, as I say, you have this form you have to fill in where you have to give evidence um, for your decision. And you get that evidence from the person. They'll find out whether this person, you know, sort of has an entrepreneurial streak, for example. And then they'll ask that person to give examples of how they were an entrepreneur and then those would be put in the form. So, you know, I'm sure like in any field in life, you know, there is unfortunately unconscious bias can could slip in, but they try and do as much as they can to make sure it's, it's completely eliminated by, by making it very, it's not just, ooh, they're not going to fit, not really like us. It's actually evidence-based. You know what I mean? Gotcha.
1: And I love that you interview the interviewers, so it's not just picking random people off the floor to talk about culture.
2: So you uh, the reason why the article is, is also quite long is because core values are really, really, really important for any organization. It doesn't matter whether you're a company or a church or uh, whatever, you know, political party, the core values are important because they um, are the guidelines, if you like, the kind of, or as Brian used to call them, the rules of the game on how you you achieve your purpose. So in Airbnb's case, Airbnb's purpose, as we've discussed, is creating a world where anyone can belong anywhere, which um, is ridiculously ambitious, as it should be. And we've discussed why in previous conversations. And so there are now four core values that basically um, govern the behavior of everyone in Airbnb to so that that um, insanely ambitious purpose will be made real. That's what they're there for, basically. They are there. They are the how to make sure you deliver your why. The why in, uh, in Airbnb's case is creating a world where anyone can belong anywhere. So... You really need them, and it's if you don't have them, then it's uh, it's very dangerous because you know you're going to say to people, "We've got this amazing inspirational why, this amazing inspirational purpose," and then you're giving them no tools and no guidelines about how to deliver it. So, right? That's so. That's what they are basically. They are, and, and the way I think about it is, they are the sort of the rules of the game, or the or they define how everyone should behave with each other, relate to each other and decide things together in order to achieve their collective purpose. It's all about behaving and relating and deciding things together. What we do, basically, at work. Yeah, right.
0: And don't most companies you feel today, they're trying to put out a purpose and their why, but there's
2: really no how attached to that whatsoever? Exactly. There is. There's there's not enough... How? <laughs> I mean, there are great, there's some good authors like Simon Sinek who, yeah. you know, writing about how important it is to have a why. Right. Um, but there's very little uh, about how to get there. We're idealistic at Airbnb, but also very pragmatic. We're very, you know, okay. okay so the so next question was, we've got this great purpose. How the hell are we going to deliver it? And so um, that came down to the core values. Now, um, the, so what happened was this is sort of interesting. Oh, actually, before I tell you about um, how we changed them, because there were six core values originally. Mm-hmm. They were created in 2012, just before I joined, in the summer of 2012. And they were created um, basically by the founders with some of the sort of longer tenured people, which meant like one year, two years. <laughs> the people in the company, <laughs> the company had had been going properly really for two. But basically, it was it, the, the founders realized they couldn't be in every meeting and they couldn't interview Every recruit, potential recruit. So, as I used to do. So, um, and when they interviewed them, and Brian told this to me, yeah several times, you know, they they spent a large part of the interviews making sure there was an alignment of core values between this person and the founders themselves and the culture they had created in the company. So they couldn't do that anymore. So they said, okay, we need to create some some core values that sort of articulate what we were looking for uh, when we were doing those interviews ourselves, and then train um, some people we trust who live the core values themselves uh, to do the interviews. And so that's, it all started in 2012. And they came up with six core values, which they did sort of how most people normally do that process of creating their core values, if they do it at all, which is getting the founders or the senior people in a room and sort of hammering out what it is that they collectively stand for and what they believe in and all those kinds of things. So it was, it was done, you know, pretty well, but not as rigorously as, as I would have liked. At least they did it. Right. And they ended up with six core values. So I'm going to give you, um, first of all, uh, an example of one of them and, and then how and, and try and give you an example of, you know, how, how this core value helped achieve the purpose of creating a world where anyone can belong anywhere. Okay.
0: We'll get back to the interview in a minute. Building a cult brand is not easy, which is why you need friends like Rupesh Nair, CEO of Symphony Talent on your side. Okay, Rupesh, hiring companies can't hire diverse candidates if diverse candidates aren't applying for their jobs. What should hiring companies do differently to attract a more diverse candidate?
3: So for diversity specifically, companies should think about why do they want diversity in their organization and ensure that they are bringing that into the conversations about hiring diverse candidates because that's how they can be genuine about diversity, because just checking a box saying, I want to be hiring diverse candidates is not going to help. So the first thing is thinking about why do you want diversity? What are the different groups you're targeting as you think about diversity? And then bringing those messages, which basically is going to resonate to that particular group of diverse candidates into your engagement, whether it is kind of as you reach out in the mass media and target specific diverse groups, as you basically nurture these diverse groups once they have connection with you is very important. Because to your point, you won't get a diverse candidate till you get in front of a candidate. And the only way you can do that is by figuring out what is the connection point between you and the diverse candidate. And it is very, very easy to kind of cast a net saying, I want diverse candidate. But the truth is there are many, many groups of that diverse candidate. And you need to be really clear on who exactly are you targeting.
0: Let Symphony Talent help activate your brand and keep relationships at the heart of your talent strategy. For more information, visit symphonytalent.com. So there's, cool.
2: there's, a, there's a core value called uh, be a serial entrepreneur. Be a serial love entrepreneur. It. <laughs> Very important core value. And the way that you, you spell serial, I love because of the backstory. Well, Yeah. Yeah, so cereal is spelt like breakfast cereal. And um, the reason why is because I think it was about 2008 or so, Mm -hmm. 2009, um, the three founders had been uh, going for a little while, a year or so, and they just maxed out their credit cards. There was no money to be had. They had no investors, all those kinds of things. This is before they joined Y Combinator. And two of the three, which is Brian and Joe, are um, are designers. They were at RISD together Mm -hmm. and doing product design. So and also, it was two thousand. Oh, exactly! No, exactly when it was. It was two thousand and eight, the general election uh, when Obama was ultimately elected, and they—God um, knows where they got this idea from—but they said basically, why don't we design cereal boxes? <laughs> um with um called one obama rose and (laughs) the other one was oh god i forgot what it was called um mccain mccain squares or something yeah Yeah.
0: imagine that mccain squares it was pretty square cat.
2: Exactly. And so they designed these really cool cereal boxes and then spent weeks basically ripping over packs of Cheerios <laughs> and pouring them into <laughs> these cereal boxes they designed, sealing them up again and then selling them on, on, uh, on eBay. And they made 35 grand doing that which was enough that's to so make Airbnb continue to exist until they got to Y Combinator. And, you know, it all went uh, upwards from there.
0: And that is an entrepreneurial story if I've ever heard
2: one. <laughs> well, exactly. That's why it's called Be a Serial Entrepreneur. So there's, I mean, there are many, many examples of them doing crazy stories like that <laughs> of, you know, in extremists when you're really having to be creative and take a huge risk. Um, but that's the one that sort of defines that quality. And so, yeah, so there's big Serial Entrepreneur. And uh, a good example of, that, of how that is sort of used to achieve the purpose of Airbnb is is in 2014. Uh, so our business, the, the core business of homes and people staying in people's homes was, was this was the point in about 2013, 2014, 2015. It was mm-hmm. really, really, really taking off. And Airbnb was beginning to be a household name. And we were growing at between 200 and 300 percent a year Jeez. just from that business. So, you know, on the I know it's insane, but most people would be happy with a 10% <laughs> growth, but this was 200 to 300% and you know, somewhere in between there. At massive scale. You know, it wasn't like a little company growing at that huge rate. It was a big company growing at that huge rate. So, you know, you could have they could have rested on your laurels and said, "Well, you know, let's just enjoy this massive growth and make it, and keep it going." But um that wouldn't have achieved the goal or and the purpose of creating a world where anyone can belong anywhere. Because we had, we realised that there was more ways and more opportunities of creating belonging in when you're travelling than simply the accommodation. And so Brian put together, you know, as well as being the CEO and running the company, he also ran this sort of Skunk Works little unit in a in a little garage in in the office. Um, called Magical Trips, it was nicknamed at the time. And their goal was to basically reinvent travel to be the ideal rather than the kind of uh, sometimes great, sometimes terrible experience it is right now. And so first of all, they had to do to, you know, basically what they had to do. And they they knew they had to do this because there is this culture at Airbnb, which is expressed in the serial entrepreneur value, which is don't be incremental. Don't do a little 10%, 15% improvement on what you already have. mm mm-hmm. Imagine what the ideal is. You know, imagine as the world as it should, and then work back from that. Figure out the steps from that to where you are now, and therefore what you have to do to make that ideal a reality. So they basically spent the first few months uh, as this sort of a close-knit group. They were a mixture of uh, so, you know, software engineers and partnerships people, marketing people. It was a whole mixture of people, product people, designers. And they, the first part was imagining what an ideal trip was. That's a common phrase in Airbnb at the moment, is is ideal trip. And they defined it eventually through um, iterating, coming up with many ideas of what the trip could be like, getting strangers to take the trip, uh, interviewing, finding out what it was like for them, and then improving and iterating and improving and iterating. And so they eventually realized that that the ideal trip is something that is, of course, fun, but also meaningful. You know, a meaningful trip now is a very important catchphrase at Airbnb. Something where you come back from that trip and you're slightly changed or maybe changed in a big way, sort of given more meaning to your life in a way. I mean, this can still happen when you're on the beach. You know, it doesn't have to be wild and crazy, but the goal was basically to reinvent travel and to make it as the ideal and the ideal they realized having come up with these ideas and interview people was to have a some kind of meaningful trip as well as the fun and the new knowledge and everything else they're doing and so that's exactly what the serial entrepreneur value is about it's it's about imagining the ideal and then figuring out the steps from that ideal backwards to where you are now and then basically that is your you know that's what you have to do over the next six months is follow those steps until you deliver the ideal and they did And then, so basically, there's going to be, have been, and there's going to be a series of product launches that will reinvent travel, basically. The first one of those was Experiences that came out in 2015, 16, which is be staying in Airbnb, but you can also go and uh, join a different host in the town you're in uh, who might be, you know, a fanatic and love um, disco. Yeah. I'm just remembering there's a host in LA who does this great experiences where you go to the market, you buy your 70s disco clothes, and then he takes them um, out to the discos in LA that night. Chad loves disco by the way. Oh, I me thought too. I that in me too. that I grew up with it. And so you know, so experiences basically are about, you know, you're 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 doing something interesting with someone who's passionate about it and who's local, and with other people who are also passionate about it. So so that's an that's an example of of a core value serial being a serial entrepreneur. Um, was the, the way this group worked, as I said before, just to recap, is that it? They didn't seek to find modest improvements on the status quo. Um, serial entrepreneur value f- forced them to behave and think and decide in a way that imagined the ideal, and then work back from that uh, to set the path that they would take to get to the ideal.
1: Was that a hard? Was that a hard leap to get employees to make? Because I think in your post you talk about the typical. Uh, Conversation is, you know, how do we make incremental advances, you know, in the product or features that we offer, and and this is really inviting them to think like a small business or an entrepreneur. Was that a really, you know, tough job to do, or do you find did you find that most of the employees found that a natural thing?
2: It was a natural thing because they had been interviewed and got through the core values test, where people had already sort of probed uh, to see whether these people were entrepreneurially inclined and yeah. so that so there's that and then the second thing is you know it's just basically in the atmosphere at Airbnb. i'm mean, certainly when i was there i think it still is where there's this huge urgency to to get you know big stuff done and so it, the incrementalism just i mean i i joined airbnb when i was 58 i think so i'd worked in many other companies and with many other companies of all kinds, car companies, banks, and all those kinds of things. And yeah. um, where incrementalism, it's the norm. You know, and I always found it depressing. And Airbnb was so intoxicating because um, there wasn't any. <laughs> <laughs> it was basically they were not in anything. There was no incrementalism. There was reinvented. And, uh, uh, and figure out what the ideal is, reinvent it, and that's what we're gonna do. There is no status quo that we're, you know, unless it's really proven and we have to use it, but basically we're gonna reinvent everything to do with travel and the way you run a business even. And so that's why I loved it. It's also extremely exhausting, but uh, in the best possible way. So um, as we talked about in our previous conversations about the culture and so forth, the culture was getting a little bit wobbly in mm-hmm. 2015. Uh, we were worried about it. And and, wh- and I this, did a whole exercise to diagnose why it was getting wobbly. And one of the three important reasons why the culture was getting wobbly was that the core values were good, but not good enough. The six core values that they had to come up with in 2012. And that people were telling me, employees of all backgrounds, ages, every department, every tenure, um, location in the, com- in the world, et cetera, I said, that we love that there are core values. Um, and we love that Airbnb takes them so seriously. But they're not always great. You know, they are sort of for a start, there's too many of them. There's six. Mm-hmm. And I found every every single person I interviewed about the core values, everyone could remember five, but always forgot the sixth. And there was a different <laughs> sixth. <laughs> so so it was I and mean, that Five's was. Five's whole... pretty impressive
1: though. Five out of six, that's not too bad. Right,
2: right, right. So <laughs> so um, part of the problem was they, that we diagnosed is that um, it was there were too many that they were too cutely written and weren't straightforward uh, and actionable enough. And they, some of them they felt weren't real that they were aspirational, not truly core. Right. So uh, and I and I got this information from them because when I sat them down, I both as interviews and in a group, I said to them, think of uh, any core values. What do you think their ideal characteristics are? You know, should there be lots? Should there be few? Should there be aspirational? Should there be reflect, you know, like a mirror, reflect their status quo? What, you know, what are the ideal characteristics of, of, um, of core values? Mm-hmm. And I got them to write them down on a card. And so they said things like um, uh, they wanted few, less is more. Is was uh, yeah. easy to remember. Right. They wanted them to be real, not corporate bullshit, someone wrote. Um, (laughs) self-evident, you know, so they're real, feel like truths and undisputable, unique to us, concise. They wanted them to be clear and self-explanatory. You don't need, you, you don't need to decode them. So there was, there were a couple of core values that we had, like, um, embrace the adventure that were open to too much interpretation. They weren't definitive enough. And in fact, they were being abused sometimes. So like a manager might say, I'm sorry, you've got to work the weekend to get this done. Hey, you know what we say, embrace the adventure. You know, that—that that is definitely not how the core value of embrace the adventure was meant to be used, but it was. <laughs> and, that,
0: and that's not the event- adventure that are trying to promote. No, that's not, that's
2: not right. <laughs> Right, exactly. So so the fact that they could be misinterpreted or, or you know, badly interpreted was not good enough. They needed to be more straightforward was another thing. And actionable for the day to day. Someone said actionable, concrete, fewer clarity, examples in action. So they wrote all these ideal characteristics down on cards. And then I said to them, now thinking of our six core values, I want you to rate them or mark them you know, against these, these ideals that you've had. Mm-hmm. So are our core values self-explanatory? Are there um, just a few of them? Are they actionable? Are they real? And so there's examples in the article on Medium. You can see where people put their check marks and cross marks. But so basically, <laughs> we didn't do too well. I mean, there was, <laughs> there was a couple that, that worked really well. We had uh, one really important core value called be a host, in reference to Airbnb hosts. But basically be a host was be human, be caring, uh, look out, make sure, help other people succeed, uh, make them feel welcome, make them feel like they belong. You know, basically like an ideal host in Airbnb, if you were a guest. And um, that was really, really clear. People totally understood it, lived it, there was no debate about it. But there were others like, like you know, embrace the adventure, as I say, that uh, were, were too vague. So yeah. I went back to the founders and said, Oh dear, we're gonna to have to, I'm afraid, change the unchangeable. You should never change your core values because you know they are the 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 things that they're sort of the guideposts, the the foundation of how you behave, relate, and decide to achieve mm-hmm. your purpose. They should reflect who yeah. you are. So they shouldn't really be changed. But I said, listen, we we, you know, much as we don't want to change them, it would be worse if we didn't, because uh we may end up with these values that aren't ideal, aren't great. Or real. We may end up in a place where they're they're good, but not good enough. So that we end up with a culture that doesn't really reflect what we meant about the values. And that's a much worse problem to be in, in say, three or four or five years time. Better to change them now than have a a culture that's drifted into the wrong direction later. And so they agreed. We like literally held hands and said, okay, we're going to do this thing. And I said, I'm going to go back out and zero base everything and uh, find out exactly what airbnbs true core values are put the ones we have currently aside um, and just go back to basics and and i also made it really clear to them what we should mean by core values they need to be who you are as a person mm-hmm. naturally without forcing it they shouldn't be aspirational which by the way most um, so-called core values in companies and other organizations are they call them core values but actually they're aspirational values things they wish they would be all uh-huh. of them actually were. There's a, the, as for having an aspirational values, can be okay as long as you're clear about that, though. As long as you're saying, "We're not this right now, but we want to be, and we want to be, and we want to try." The trouble with aspirational values, though, ones that aren't real, is that over time, when you when the employees see that um, they're not living them, or they're not being lived by their bosses, or whatever, or the decisions are not being made, you know, according to the core values, cynicism comes in it creates a toxic culture and it could be really really bad so this is why you need to have core values core values Mm -hmm. are reflective of who you are remind you who you are and how to behave and relate and decide things together so i do use this to to, to try to try and get to that i use this very simple technique that um, people really like actually outside of airbnb i think other companies are using it which is i asked each individual and again, this is done with people of every department, you know, senior, junior, all over the world. Draw two circles on a piece of paper, and a Venn diagram, and they will probably overlap. One circle is called Airbnb, and the other circle is called me, which is you. And what you need mm-hmm. to do is to write down your personal values, your personal core values, you know, that define who you are as a person, as a personality. The things that drive how you behave and relate and decide things with other people. And you split those between the ones you think you share with Airbnb and the ones that are just unique to you that you don't share. So so in the overlaps of the circles should be your personal values that you happen to also see being lived and shared by other people at Airbnb. Um, then on the on the one side is outside the shared area is going to be the, the values not shared with Airbnb but still unique to you. And then I asked them also to write down the values they thought they saw at Airbnb that they didn't share at all. And so to give you, I get to show a couple of examples in the article. But for example, uh, the bit, the ones in the middle uh, had words like uh, authentic, caring, human, passionate, proud, entrepreneurial disruptive bold not afraid to stand out values driven care for people as people those kinds of things yeah. um, I love this and yeah. uh, <laughs> so what was great this I, this I had about 300 of these sheets <laughs> Wow. And, um, I know it's fascinating so uh, and by the way this is only half of what I did to get to our core values this is what I did with <laughs> the people if you like of Airbnb the, the not the founders just the, um, the uh, everyday workers mm. and um, so what was great is that there was basically people were putting the same things in the overlaps, more or less, and to, to make sure that I wasn't just hoping for that and it was really true, I went through every single of these sheets and wrote down every single value that they had written in the middle, the shared part, on a huge spreadsheet and and totted up how many times they had been mentioned. And what <laughs> I found was that basically there were three big areas uh, that everyone felt they shared with Airbnb. And it was that one is that they were sort of they were mission driven, they were purpose driven. They were they wanted to work for something beyond their salary, um, and they totally bought into belong anywhere. The mm-hmm. second one was that there was this caring idea, this hostiness, um, looking after other people, uh, not being you know horrible and toxic and competitive like us. it is in some other companies, but actually helping your colleagues succeed. And then thirdly, the other one was uh, which I called caring. And the third one was daring, which was this boldness, this uh, non-incrementalism, this thinking of the ideal, this thinking outside of the box, uh, kind of, of entrepreneurial.
0: You have in this sheet, I just want to make sure that we, 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 we say this, fuck the status oh, yeah. quo, disrupt, <laughs> rebel. Rule breaker, embrace. I mean, so, I mean, that in itself, I mean, these are the things that you're actually pulling out
2: of your people and you're finding what that real culture is. Total honesty. It is, yeah. So under the whole forge your own path, unconventional daring heading are things like that. They wrote wrote open-minded, fuck the status quo, uh, (laughs) rule breaker, pioneer, disruptive, bold, courageous, daring, fearless, confident, entrepreneurial, scrappy, and so on.
1: And I love the one that's just like one circle. Like yes. they're all the same values.
2: <laughs> well, so that, what was interesting is that everyone uh, started, they drew the circles and started filling the, the, the three areas in. Then they always said, hey, you know, I've drawn this one. Can I redraw them? And I said, yes, of course. So they'd throw that away and redraw it always with the, uh, the two circles with more overlap than they had before. Ah. So they realized when they thought about it that there was a huge amount that they shared in common. So this is a great exercise. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome.
0: For you, again, because you're you're trying to figure out the whole wobbliness of the core values, but I think it's also great just an introspective for the employees who might not realize as much.
2: This really is more of a realization of – the things that you do have in common, right? Yes, it is. It was helping them realize how much we had in common. But what it was, what, the reason why I was doing it, though, was I was zero-basing everything. I wanted yeah. to find out exactly what our core values were. Because I, I had a hunch, and also I heard it from people, that there were a couple of values that, weren't, that we had of those six that weren't core, that weren't mm-hmm. real. I mean, people had complained to me about this, that some of them were aspirational and not real. And I wanted to find out what was real, so that we could then go to those values that weren't real and make a decision about them, whether we should keep them or not. So that's what we, we did. And so, so that was very, what was hugely encouraging, and I'm you know, sure you won't get this at, at some places, is that, as I say, there was a huge amount of overlap. The things they wrote in the overlap were more or less the same across all 300 people. Um, so that was great. And then the other thing that I did to figure out what our core values were, was I did a separate exercise with the founders. Because if you're lucky enough to have founders, that's great because, you know, they, they, they have a disproportionate influence on the organization um, about how people behave and relate to decide. And it all started with them anyway. You know, it kind of started from their three personalities and the way they wanted to operate together and, and build this company. So I didn't do the Venn diagram with them. I did a totally different exercise. Now, the exercise that's normally done by most people... That I've seen uh, other people use is put the founders in the room and get them to brainstorm, you know, what they, what they think the value should be. Um, I, I think that's the wrong approach, personally. I mean, it's fine. It can provide some information. The problem with it, to my mind, is that um, if you're a leader, especially a leader in Silicon Valley, you are prone to idealism and wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. And so what you're likely to get out of that exercise is wishful thinking, not reality. And I wanted to pin the founders down um, in reality. I mean, as characters, they are, you know, they are all these things. They are all open-minded and brave and idealistic and creative. So I wanted them though to, I wanted to get out of them, surface from them, their core values that is based in reality, not wishful thinking. So what I asked them to do is separate. We we had this, um, it was a Sunday afternoon in March, I think, 2016. I got them into the office, and, and the, by the way, in the office, every meeting room is an exact recreation of a host's home somewhere in the world, whether it's in, awesome. you know, Bombay or Cairo. or whatever. awesome. So what I did is I got them uh, put them in the the meeting room of the very first Airbnb, which is an exact recreation of the own, their own flat that they shared in San Francisco in Rush Street. That's, that's one of the meeting rooms in Airbnb, the very first Airbnb. That's too home. cool. And I said. It just as a good environment for them to think back to what it was like when the, that was their office. And I said, OK, so I want you to think of all the meaningful moments in the history of the company so far. And I defined meaningful moments as those moments where you made a decision or did something that, on principle that expressed your fundamental beliefs. Um, and they're probably moments that had a large amount of risk attached because they were on principle. So write all, write just write on down um, notes on all of those events. So they did that, and um, it was great. I got three separate sheets back, each reflective of their personalities. Brian had huge sheet covered with like forty or fifty events in uh, meaningful moments. Which I'm, I'm going to give a, a little plug here. Which <laughs> one of his meaningful moments was hiring uh, Douglas and Chip. Chip Conley, is, <laughs> Chip Conley was one of uh, my colleagues at Airbnb. He was uh, he's, he was the founder of um, of a successful hotel chain in San Francisco. And, and by the way, when he had that there, I said, "Why is that a meaningful moment?" We were, uh, because we were because we're old, bald, and gay, and white. What, what? <laughs> <laughs> Because we were. Old, That's we're the awesome. oldest people in the company. We both have shaved heads and we're both gay. And white. <laughs> uh, and he's laughed and said, no, 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 no. He said uh, well, he said a really nice thing. He said, You you're unorthodox people and do things differently. And that was a for hiring people at a senior in a senior position at that point, apparently that was meaningful to him, so that was cute.
0: We'll get back to the interview in a minute. Building a cult brand is not easy, which is why you need friends like Rupesh Nair, CEO of Symphony Talent on your side. Chatbots are all the rage, but how are they actually helping companies drive better and authentic engagement?
3: Yeah, chatbots, especially the modern uh, generation chatbots, which basically is is more of a conversational platform than a than a chatbot, I would say, which basically kind of uses NLP and you know natural language processing and machine learning effectively helps ensure that the table stake conversations are happening automatically as much as possible. Uh, so where it's like, hey, tell me more about yourself. Let me capture your resume. Hey, can you work over the weekend? Can you basically work overtime? Those simple conversations, which basically can be automated and in a, in a very human way, can be taken care of by the Chatbots slash the conversational engines so that the recruiters and the sources are spending most of their time on those complex, emotional human conversations needs to be done as part of that whole process, right? So I think that's where conversation engines are making a huge difference. Let Symphony
0: Talent help activate your brand and keep relationships at the heart of your talent strategy. For more information, visit symphonytalent.com.
2: But anyway, he, they, so they each – and then, you know, Joe put his down. And it was all very nicely art-directed. And then Nate, who's the most logical thinker of them all, put everything down in order of importance, which was amazing. So then I we discussed. I got them each of them to go through each of those events and discuss them with the other two, mm-hmm. which they did. Uh, what was gratifying to see was that they shared uh, the same meaningful moments. They all thought the same moments were as meaningful, basically. Then I went back and said, okay, now – This is the reality. You've written down the reality here. This is stuff that actually happened. Now I want you to go back over those meaningful moments and extract the meaning from them. What was the principle that you stood by when you made that decision or did that action? And so they went back and did that. And I asked them to read out and show me the the, the meaning behind all of those uh, events and those moments. And again, what was also gratifying to see was that they had the same meaning, basically, the same, and it was the same as the, the people I've been talking to, the employees. Uh, once I got them to sort of narrow it down to, uh, to three or four uh, key meaningful, key, key meanings, key core values, it was in the exact same areas of being purpose and mission-led, of being hosty or human, and uh, being and caring, and also being daring and entrepreneurial and creative and out of the box all of which was great. So now I had both from the founders and from the employees, some data that was based in reality. It was the founders core values basically that had been subtracted from and and derived from actual things they did. Not wishful thinking, but things they actually did. And on employees, same thing. I had values that they felt they actually had seen shared between them and the rest of the company.
1: I love the grassroots approach to that as opposed to top-down.
2: Right, exactly. As I say, top-down is fine. You can do that. But if you just do that alone, you're likely to end up First of all, with you know, the, point, the point of view of some leaders who may well be distant from uh, a lot of people. But secondly, you may yeah. well end up with uh, wishful thinking rather than reality. Mm-hmm. So you need to do both. You, know, you need to do both the people and that. So uh, it was in, I went back uh, a little bit later with a big presentation with uh, Dave O'Neill, who is my partner in crime on this, someone who still works at Airbnb. And we basically uh, presented to the, the founders and then to, uh, to the whole company uh, what we found and we basically said yay it's good we we do share a lot of values and we we all think they're the same values basically these three things mm-hmm. and um they also the founders i i showed all the sheets that i used to the whole company it was in a big presentation to thousands of people you know broadcast around the world in our one of our world apps meetings you know I showed them their own forms their own cards they filled in the spreadsheets the form the, the all the worksheets that the founders had used and so on and said we've already made some conclusions here there are two of the six values aren't core they're aspirational that's that we had one value called simplify and another value called every frame matters but anyway I said none of you put that in the middle you didn't share it it wasn't a personal value of yourselves except for a few of you and you didn't see it shared in the rest of the company. So we should dump them. They're not real. They're aspirational. And so I first of all agreed with the founders and, and then you sort of announced to the rest of the team that those are no longer our values. We're now down to four. And in the end, what we ended up with is, is four core values that use the original expressions that we had in the original six, but they were real. I think, you know, this was a bit of a compromise, to be frank, because I actually wanted uh, the values to be something like uh, put the mission first, number one, number two, caring, number three, daring. That was it. That's what I wanted. Uh, You know, but actually what the founders felt was that we should keep four, the original expressions that were in the original six of those four, um, and then add behaviors that really spelled out in black and white exactly how you should be. And and that's the how. And that's the how. Yes, exactly. So it's actually, it works very, very well. So um, one of the original ones was champion the mission, which is this whole mission first idea. And underneath it are the three behaviors. For example, it says prioritize work that advances the mission and positively impacts the community. Build with a long-term in mind, actively participate in the community and culture. So what it's saying there is, uh, again, no incrementalism. You have to make, you have to do a check is what I'm working on today going to advance our mission? If not, then maybe I shouldn't be doing it, or at least I shouldn't be prioritizing it. Right. Um, the The other one is be a host, and the three behaviors are care for others and make them feel like they belong, encourage others to participate to their fullest, listen, communicate openly, and set clear expectations. So it's, again, very specific, setting up the behaviors. And then another one is embrace the adventure. The problem with embrace the adventure and be a serial entrepreneur, but really embrace the adventure, is that it is a little obscure. You need to explain it, but we do explain it with the behaviors. So that one is be curious, ask for help, and demonstrate an ability to grow, own and learn from mistakes, bring joy and optimism for work. And then BSL or an entrepreneur has three behaviors, which are be bold and apply original thinking. Imagine the ideal outcome. Be resourceful to make the outcome a reality. So that was that thing I was talking about where you imagine the ideal, imagine the steps backwards, and then figure out how you're going to get.
0: And do you bring, I mean, were were people like bringing these to meetings and whatnot to make sure that you were in line and you were prioritizing the right way and and you're really focused on what the mission or, or really the, the, the why and
2: how was. Yeah. I mean, even before we did this exercise, but certainly afterwards people would say in a meeting, yeah, but that's not being a host, you know, that's not yeah. hosty. That's we do this or that's not going to achieve the mission. That's just like, I mean, in fact, in in some of the, the sort of larger meetings we had, some of the complaints that were brought forward which i've mentioned before in some of the articles and the interviews is that some of the big decisions weren't living some of the core values or the purpose like there was a decision to go after vacation rentals uh, which are largely managed by professionals um not original hosts and people said that's that's not going to help us create a world where anyone can belong anywhere that's because they're just in it for the money they're not like most of our hosts doing it because they love it and want to make people feel at home Um, so that that was a very active debate and open and out and transparent you know no one was whispering it in corridors it was sort of out there so yes it was always like that at airbnb but it's even more like that now and and one of the last things i mentioned in the article about this core values is you can launch the core values once you've got them you know if you use if you have to use these techniques and you Happen to end up with your real core values that are actionable and few and so forth. What do you do with them? How do you actually operationalize them and, and make people live by them? Right. So, there's so one thing I'm, I say is you can launch them, which in fact Airbnb did in uh, early 20, 2017, February 2017, um, at one of their big um, Airbnb, uh, one Airbnb meetings where they bring all the employees from all over the world to San Francisco for a week of belongingness, basically, where we just form relationships and get to know each other and have fun. They, the theme of this this one in 2017 was the new core values or the revised core values. We went from six to four. And there were big speeches up on stage with the founders um, bringing on teams who, who gave examples of being a serial entrepreneur that they had lived or being a host or championing the mission. And then there was a sort of awkward but necessary moment on stage where Brian brought up the other two founders and the leadership team and they had a mea culpa about how they had fucked up basically in many ways and yeah. made decisions or behaved yeah. in ways that didn't live the values and what steps they were going to take to um, to change that going forward. I mean,
0: that really had to be cathartic for not just them, but everybody. I mean, just somebody, your, your CEO, I mean, your founders up on stage saying, hey, guys, you really kind of fucked some things yes. up. It's like- yeah oh you know that's that's awesome not to mention it
2: automatically pulls them into the conversation exactly exactly and it's but they had to do that also because you know this was also partly answering that the problem with the wobbliness of the culture was that that not only were the, the the core values not usable enough but they felt the people felt a lot of the leaders weren't embodying them, weren't using them to make decisions themselves. And, and, and some of them in fact had been mishires that they just did not share Airbnb's values and shouldn't have been there in the first place. And so it was necessary to kind of lay all that out and admit it. and, show how they were going to change which they did in this this huge hall in san francisco in early 2017 but so that's not enough though that's good what they did we had a launch of it and the mayor culpa and showed examples of how they were going to change in the future but also things they had done in the past that lived the values all that's fantastic but you have to do it every day you basically have to launch the core values every day Launch the mission every day. So that's what they do. So we've already talked about how all candidates for all jobs are given these two core value culture interviews. But the other thing that happens now is that in everyone's reviews, you know, their performance reviews, 50% of the the marks, if you like, are for what you did, like, you know, how good you were at your job, your skills, how you manifested your skills. The other 50%, though, is is how you did it. Did you launch this amazing product while living the four core values. And you have to give examples of how you did that. And so everyone knows that whether they stay in the company or not, or whether they're promoted or not, or given a raise or not, is also dependent, very dependent, on how they behave, relate, and decide together according to the core values. So it's built into the review system. The other thing that happens is that every week, Brian uh, Chesky the CEO, uh, co-founder does a live Q&A and answers any questions submitted to him by any employee about anything. And he nearly always frames the answers in a way that demonstrates the use of the core values and the purpose. So, you know, he's constantly reinforcing it. Um, What else? Oh, right. All new hires go through a week-long onboarding experience called check-in. And the very first session is 90 minutes covering the founding story, the mission, the, you know, the purpose of uh, Belong Anywhere and the core values. And the, the new hires aren't given their computers until the end of the first day so that they are actively paying attention and, you know, not giving digress. <laughs> and then there's biweekly World App meetings where, again, all the new product launches and works in progress, team updates are all framed in terms of the core values and purpose. So it's being continuously launched if you like continuously referred to it's not something that sits on a powerpoint or on company mags mugs in the kitchen and is you know never mentioned again it's used and mentioned by yeah. everyone every day about everything which is amazing
0: because that provides a framework for how you do business
2: yes yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing cool, the very cool thing is that uh, there was a, one of these other one Airbnb meetings. I think it was in 2014 or 2015. Mm-hmm. Right at the end, you know, this, these all staff meetings that happen once a year. The founders got up on stage right at the end of the week and said, Some of you have been wondering what we do every day. Because, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when I, joined, when I joined, the CTO was Nathan, one of the founders, you know, and uh, uh-huh. and, also, and, and Joe was head of product. You know, so gradually over time, um, they hired people to do those jobs. So people saying, Well, okay, Nate, what do you do every day? Because you, you're no longer the CTO. And Joe, what do you do every day? You know, what kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so um, <laughs> that was good. So they basically got up and said, uh, our collective job is to um, make the purpose real, is to make sure that we deliver on the purpose and uh, we use the core values to do so. And then, so it all went on and they said, Ma, our prime job that we own is to champion every Airbnb's belong anywhere purpose and the core values. And then Brian went up and s- a step further but he said, this is a quote from him, hold me accountable ultimately. If the founders are caretakers of the vision and the values, then as CEO, I'm really responsible for executing on the values and the vision. So if our vision is to create a world where all 7 billion people can belong anywhere, whether we're on that path or not, that's on me. right? Because as a CEO, you're the one, you're the key executor. You're the one who right. executes everything. You're responsible for how the company executes and and why it executes and what it executes so he's saying the three of us are responsible for this but basically it's on me and so people do people do hold him accountable on whether we're achieving the mission or not or whether he or uh, any of the other leadership team or, or are living the values or not it's it's very healthy very good thing to see. Well,
0: this overall, again, you know, we've heard, and and everybody is has sat and watched videos of Simon Sinek talk about the why, and the Golden Circle, and all those other things. And it's wonderful to yeah. be able to bring you know awareness to really understand purpose. But there's no question without the how to execute that purpose. It's it's really just fluff right. and it's air. So yep. man we yep. really yep. appreciate again you being able to provide us with context and also it, it, the ability to to get to that how right and not just focus on the purpose. The purpose is incredibly important if it's real, but also how yep. to get it done. So uh, again, Doug Douglas, we appreciate you taking the time, my friend.
2: Right. Thanks Douglas see you in there yes absolutely so it's, <laughs> thank you for uh, having me and it's a, it's a pleasure to talk about this stuff i'm passionate about it and i feel very very fortunate and lucky that i was actually able to do it you know i'd, I'd seen basically purposes and visions uh, not executed or being badly executed in other companies right. and so it was a yeah. uh, it was a joy to be in an environment where i could go to brian and joe and nate and say hey the culture's wobbly we need to fix it or hey the, the, the core values are good, but they're not good enough. Hey, we need a purpose and we need to focus on figuring out what it is and do it this way. And they would always say yes. You know, they were always up for yeah. it. Again, they didn't deal in incrementalism mm-hmm. at all. They were all going for the ideal, going for the best it could possibly be.
1: Well, thanks, Douglas. Uh, you know, you're a busy man and it's a happy hour where you it are. Is. So uh, wine time. We'll, we'll let you to your wine <laughs> and have a great weekend. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Cheers.
0: This has been the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. And be sure to check out our sponsors because they make it all possible. For more, visit ChadCheese.com. Oh yeah, you're welcome.